What's up? It's me, Tom. Uh, we're going to be going over all sorts of stuff on cannabis legalization news today. And Mickey is joining us from the road. You won't believe some of the stuff that happened. Uh, Mike Tyson was involved. So was the state of Illinois. Congress, of course. Anyway, it's a new episode of Cannabis Legalization News. And remember, it's for 21 only. This uh, episode's already been flagged. Miggy, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Cannabis Legalization News from the Road. What up, my fellow violator of community standards? Well, you know, I feel bad that not enough people are going to be able to see this episode because it's a pretty good one, but you just can't put the words, certain words in the title of a, a, of our stuff. Otherwise, it's immediately flagged. And, you know, it's too bad because I think the Democrats are trying to keep us from reporting on uh, what they've done or actually not done on the uh, in the floor of Congress. It's It's been <laughs> just terrible, you know? Well, I, I just, I don't even know anymore, dude. Like, I mean, between uh, the when Craig Cecil video got flagged and deleted off of our facebook page like i just i just don't know what 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 more can we do to just like try and save the world i mean this Uh, is this this is terrible i mean this is why the laws don't change because like we're criminals and because we're criminals the federal uh communications the regulators that are out there they have to suppress the information and it's not like we're trying to advocate for anything other than what should be the law it's not like we're sitting there trying to say like let's undo the murder laws you know that's that's ridiculous no it's like this never should have been a crime and see how difficult it is to make it no longer a crime because after something's labeled a crime then you're allowed to you know uh, keep it a crime why, why? It's censorship. That's what it is. And so, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of it, but the, the Democrats didn't go to bat for us at yeah. all in Congress. Not at all. The budget sign is the latest sign. Uh, the budget deal is the latest sign mm-hmm. of Democrats' empty promises on weed. This is being reported out of uh, Politico. And Politico reported this a couple of days back. And so, Two-thirds of American voters support legalization, and Chuck Schumer has, has said that he's going to do everything he can to end yeah. the prohibition. But 14 months since winning, Democrats have not succeeded at changing freaking anything because they oh, yeah. have not. They haven't done anything. They haven't uh, expanded protections to the industry. They haven't uh, allowed for uh, cannabis sales in the industry to come to the nation's capital. They have done right. absolute frickin' buckets when it comes to our industry, and and that has continued to perpetuate the um, uh, the censorship that we have on on broadcasts like this. And yeah. that's why. Don't forget. Hey, we like are on. We're, we're pod. Well, yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> remember, remember, you can download our podcast just in case one day you come and then for whatever reason the regulators have decided to. No, they aren't the regulators. Um, YouTube or or Facebook has decided to unplug the uh, the show, which is weird. You know what's sad too, dude? It's like it's not even the government. I mean, at this point, it's fucking shitty algorithm that's taking us down. But also, the government enabling the the bad uh, acts. You know, just how we talk about that, and it, it enables the bad uh, people in law and power. Um, right. This is just another thing that prohibition affects. That's right. That's right. And it's terrible. 
But, you know, it's, uh, it's again, that's what they've done. They, it's the Democrats' inability to make any progress on their cannabis promises. They set all these things on the campaign yeah. trail. There's a new campaign trail getting going right freaking now. And they're going to be saying those things again. And now you're just going to be able to look at them and go like, well, you know, Donald Trump commuted a whole bunch more sentences than you did, Mr. Biden. You didn't you didn't prioritize this. Biden could have prioritized it. He said he was going to do it in, in his election. Uh, he was lying. And and now uh, it might I mean a lot of things might cost him in this in this uh, season yeah. election. But, uh, you know, it's not the best. It's not the best. But you got one thing, though. It's like I, I just any like, you know, both sides are not good. And but when it comes to like real like leadership on like regular policy, I always side with the Dems for the most part, but you know, it's just, this is just crazy that they just don't help out the, this one cause. It's just one thing that'll well, help. They exploited, they, they exploited the hell out of it. They, yeah. they said we're going to legalize it. Uh, and then it, it's, it's Biden. Biden's a drug warrior. He's an 80 year old man, drug warrior who was born yeah. like, the year after prohibition and he's just been indoctrinated in it you know actually he was not born the year after prohibition he was born in the early 40s because he's not yet 80 and, and remember so when he was born like we're reefer madness was big time and then he was in uh, the senate during the 90s when tough on crime meant locking people up and inflating the, the prison population that we have it's, it just feels so weird dude it's just like we're just great upside down where like big networks like fox news can like exist and keep reiterating these bullshit Russian talking points and things that pretty much end our democracy, which represents the R's in the most part. But then the D's are just standing for dumbasses right now because they're not even like, again, like you said, the, the safe banking act. There's so many ways they could have helped, you know, help Washington, D.C. <laughs> they didn't help. Yeah, they changed nothing. They got here saying they were going to do stuff and they changed nothing. Uh, and it's it's a nonpartisan issue as well. That's the real. Uh, That's the heartbreak. Thing about it is because the, it doesn't matter what political persuasion you are, you all have an endocannabinoid system. And not only that, we can all agree that we shouldn't be arresting these people. We can all agree that Craig Cecil should not have been in life prison. He should not have been a lifer. And then why, why did they censor that episode? Like because we were talking about prison policy. I mean, like how, we can't even change prison policy now. You know, it, it, that's that's ridiculous. How can I mean, we have a free society yeah. if we can't even have a debate? Yeah, I mean, how can we change these if we can't talk about them, let alone... And that's what I'm saying. It's like, that conversation had... It was everything to do about real life and, and some, his experiences. And then yet, you have these dumb fucking, like, big networks talking like... Uh, there's like that micro labs and fucking Wuhan and all the other bullshit. Like there's so many side story conspiracies that it's overwhelming. <laughs> like, and then we get the flagged. Like it's, and, it, we we get flagged. <laughs> and then you're like, wait, wait, it's, uh, did we push anybody down a flight of stairs? Were we pranking somebody and causing them physical injury? Absolutely not. We were explaining to someone who had 20 years of his life taken from him for a lie that was told uh, 85 years ago and that lies being substantiated by the tech companies that are continuing to censor uh, our industry but who cares you know maybe if the tech companies weren't censoring our industry uh, the people on congress would f know how popular this issue is you know exactly and, but then because they have the censorship 
how can we even reach people? You know, we get, I get more subscribers to my email newsletter than I do on YouTube now because they've just shut us down so much on the algorithm. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then getting flagged for that video the other day was a first in 10 years, which blew my mind. Hey, I'm about to walk in the building here. So I'll be in five minutes from a PC. All right. Well, you're five minutes from a PC. That's, that's a wonderful time for us to do uh, a stock news. So I'll go ahead and uh, queue up some new stock news that we have that was pretty interesting that came out and it has to do with Dutchie. Uh, Dutchie, nice. of course, kind of like a weed maps, a little bit like a weed maps. We'll explain it a little bit here after we do a pot stock bumper. <laughs> Dutchie is partnering with The Last Prisoner Project to help nonviolent cannabis offenders re-enter society, and they are pledging a million-dollar donation match and contributing $100,000. Now, of course, Dutchie is not necessarily weed maps. Dutchie is more along the lines of an inventory control piece of software that would integrate with your dispensary's website so that you could have your menu on there and perhaps also conduct online commerce. Uh, Dutchie powers many dispensaries, including the local one that we have down here. Uh, and so Dutchie is a technology platform, of course, powering cannabis commerce, as it says on the uh, press release over here from PR News Web. Uh, Dutchie is committed to having a positive impact on the future of the cannabis industry and broad benefits it brings to society, said Ross Lipton. He's the CEO and founder. And we cannot erase the past injustices communities have experienced as a result of decades of failed cannabis policy, but we can work on bringing restitution to those who have been harmed by supporting their release from incarceration and giving them a new lease on life. We are committed to advancing our shared release of those behind bars for nonviolent cannabis offenses, and we're excited to leverage the Dutchie ecosystem to help scale our impact. Uh, kudos to Dutchie on that aspect, simply because the, I mean, like, we're up in it now. I can't, if I want to do like some type of thing, uh, to explain to people how they can win cannabis licenses, can't advertise for it. Uh, and, and it, you know, trying to reach and help people that have been impacted by this failed policy uh, presents its own, uh, uh, it's not procedural, but uh, it is practical uh, issues that uh, will get in your way because to try to get the message out is almost impossible. Uh, as you have numerous sensors that are trying to drown out and shut down that message but uh you know they they go on and they they talk more about the social equity aspect of uh the uh, failed cannabis policies uh going on 80 80 let's see 1937 and remember uh 1937 was just the day that the federal policy really became uh, in force the the, the bans have been at a state-by-state -state level for well over 100 years. And so by the time 1937 rolled around, all the states had already banned cannabis. Uh, now uh, they banned it at the federal level, 87, 22, 85 years ago. And it's been that way ever since. And so they, they are also drawing on, uh, cannabis is one of the fastest growing industries in the world, despite being censored. Uh, too many people, this primary people of color remain behind bars for nonviolent offenses. This is disproportionately true for black Americans that are 3.73 times more likely to be arrested. And of course, that is they're more likely to be arrested and they do not have any higher usage rates. Surprise, surprise. 
Uh, okay, so that is the Duchy stock story. Shout out to them because to summarize again, uh, Duchy is donating the, to the Last Prisoner Project up to 400 new grants to help formerly incarcerated individuals re-enter society. And that is being done with, uh, to a $100,000 donation to Last Prisoner Project and a pledge to match a million dollars from the dispensary partners and cannabis consumers. And remember, this would be an illegal uh, deduction from a company if this company was a plant touching company, but Dutchie's not a plant touching company, you know, and then again, of course, you know, shout outs, likes and subscribes and, you know, give us a thumbs up for uh, Dutchie for giving this, this donation out, but they're able to deduct these types of charitable contributions, uh, unlike uh, the uh, cannabis industry that can't. So you would have to pay all your taxes. This would not count as a charitable deduction to a 501c because you're not allowed to deduct the costs of carrying on your cannabis trafficking operation. And that's another thing that Congress did not change this legislative session. And it's still in there. I mean, for example, here in Illinois, we got three more weeks. We have some Illinois news coming. So stick around for that. Miggy will be rejoining us shortly. Uh, and let's see, do we have any other quotes on the duchy? Let's go a little bit over it and about what Dutchie actually is. Fastest growing cannabis technology platform powering cannabis con uh, commerce. More than 5,000 dispensaries throughout the United States and Canada and facilitating over 14 billion in sales annually. They like to call themselves a one-stop shop solution for them. And their valuation is currently $3.75 billion. That is an ancillary company and a pretty darn good one. Moving on in the news stories that we have for you, we actually have a couple of stories of international intrigue that uh, one has been trending, but we're going to put it under the international news. And the other one is just silliness. It's really just silly, the stuff that they do in England. But let's do some international news. And uh, spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with Spanibus, but shout out to everybody who went to Spanibus. A Russian oligarch has been charged with making illegal political contributions. Andrei Mrikirviev has been charged with conspiracy to fund $1 million in illegal donations. Well, what does this have to do with cannabis? Let's go ahead and find it right there. There we go. In the spring of 2018. Uh, Miratev, Kushkin, Furman, and Parnas decided to launch a business aimed at acquiring retail cannabis and marijuana licenses in the United States. As part of the plan, Miratev agreed to wire $1 million through a series of bank accounts to Furman and Parnas to fund hundreds of thousands of dollars in political contributions they had made or promised to make before the elections in November of 18. Uh, let's see, where is this? Florida? No, they're talking about, yep, 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 yep. Florida is actually implicated. Florida, Nevada, and Texas. Texas doesn't even really have an industry. Uh, and the purpose of the donations was to curry favor. And that's where curry is actually used as a verb, by the way. It's not just a delicious sauce. Uh, favor candidates that might be able to help Mirevev with his co-conspirators obtaining these cannabis licenses. Money was used to reimburse and fund federal and state political donations. And again, in Florida, Nevada, Texas, and Mirevev agreed to the funds would pay for donations to politicians in New York and New Jersey. Now, that is one of the things that we do report on a lot over at 
uh, our website on my law blog. Check it out, CannabisIndustryLawyer.com. How many bribes are in the cannabis industry? There is no regulator. Again, uh, people are actively suppressing uh, any types of these types of communications that have to do with uh, uh, changing the federal law so that what we do is no longer a crime. It'd be great if they also had uh, other watchdogs like the SEC protecting uh, investors or who did this federal indictment? I'm assuming the Department of Justice, obviously, but uh, the FBI was involved and Andre Murav, a Russian citizen charged with making illegal political contributions as a foreign national and conspiring to make illegal political contributions uh, in, the, in the names of straw man donors. Uh, as you know, you may have a, a maximum limit of what you're allowed to give as a political donation. Well, he probably went over and above that limit. Miggy is joining us. He's back. What up? Back at the PC, dude. How's it going? Good. Better than being outside in the cold. Yeah, well, it's 70 degrees here in Illinois, so after I get done with the show, I'm going to draft an operating agreement, an energy and resource plan, and then also a social and economic equity plan for New Mexico clients, and then I'm taking a walk, damn it, but uh, in the spring of 18, this guy was uh, found, well, actually, he was in the process of funneling money to politicians to get favor so that he could get cannabis licenses in Florida, Nevada, Texas, New York, New Jersey. It's the oligarchy guy, right? It's the oligarchy guy. It's the oligarchy guy. And of course, who's breaking the story wide open? It's the Southern District of New York. It is the Department of Justice's website. I love that. Was he, what's his, uh, what was the company? Was it Tilray? Truly? They don't necessarily list any particular companies that I have seen in this, but it is, it's, it's these four people, Miravit, Muraviev, Kushkin, Furman, and Parnas. Those four men decided to create a uh, cabal of cannabis. Oh my gosh. You know, Miggy, and did you know what time it is? It's that time. It's that time again. Well, I do apologize. I, uh, I it was pulling up something, and so I uh, didn't get a chance to enjoy anything. So just a second, we have a minor technical difficulty here. Catching up. You know Catching what? Up. Who even cares at this point? But yeah, it's still fun. I don't know anymore. Hey, I do want to tell you that we are on Apple Podcasts, though. And, uh, you know, Lauren, she's, she's moved on and taken another job at a different company. And we do have to update our, our, our uh, stuff. But you can download us on Apple Podcasts just in case the overlords decide to unplug us. And it's not just Apple Podcasts that we're on. Uh, you know what we got attached to this week, don't you, Miggy? Uh, no. Come on. I, 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 I shared it. Now We're now also on Google News. And oh, so shit. you That's, can go yeah. over to Google News and follow Cannabis Legalization News. We create uh, our long form news summary and then we have split them up into various small bites because most people don't have an hour to chill and hang out. Uh, and they could then watch the stories that they like. And then that goes to our webpage where you can read Cannabis Legalization News. And so... Um, 
That was a, a cool deal. one. I like that one in, in, the, in the news. If you type in cannabis legalization, it pops up right there as a source. So uh, yep. that was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, man. So what, what do we got going on next? I really didn't get a chance to set up for anything. You know, I just walked in the door. Well, next we have another international news story, and it is kind of hilarious. As opposed to the last one with the Russian oligarchs bribing people so that they could get cannabis licenses throughout our wonderful country, this one is hilarious. A United Kingdom lawyer has donned vegan hemp wig as an alternative to horsehair, disrupting a centuries-long tradition. And in fact, I think we could probably hit this bumper on that simply because... In a centuries long uh, tradition, for some reason, United Kingdom lawyers would wear, they would call themselves barristers, which usually means the people that have the ability to advocate in front of a judge uh, in persuasiveness. And so this would be litigation in the state of uh, in the United States. Uh, and they wear barristers in England, not uh, lawyers in the United States, uh, a wig. And that wig is silly. And I have no idea why they really wear them. It's just a remnant that's silly. And they're typically made out of horsehair until now. Now you can get a barrister wig made out of hemp. And before you uh, make fun of uh, vegan hemp, I, I believe when you say vegan hemp, you're talking about like the, the food that's fed the hemp. There's no uh, animal products, right? There's no calcium, I believe, or stuff like that. Do you know about that? Uh, no, but then again, if this is, it says it swaps horse hair for hemp and is 100% vegan friendly. And I guess I brought the tweet back up right here, but then they are selling them hemp and hemp wigs because if there's one thing, no one except for barristers in England needs, it is a wig to argue in front of a judge. Well, I guess some people do get self-conscious if they are bald and they have to argue in front of a judge. But look at this. He's been reported in Veg News, the plant-based news. Maybe yeah. we should say that this is a vegan podcast. Maybe we can get some press. Um, well, yeah, you're vegan, so I mean, we, we qualify, right? Just like I, I get the minority billet. I'm vegetarian. I, I do eat cheese. Uh, and mm. so, like, I am just a murdering, terrible person because I couldn't give up pizza. And my retort to that is make vegan cheese better. Yeah, seriously though, I, I tried my stomach. My son has stomach issues, and yeah, it don't work. Um, you know those uh, Hong Kong? They still uh, use the wigs when they do uh, really? litigation. Yeah, when I was in Hong Kong, well, I mean, twenty years ago they did, or fifteen years ago. But uh, uh, well, do you want yeah. to know how much they are? I'm gonna say 150. Nope. And let me let me just zoom in because they also have VAT tax. They are 600 quid. 600 pounds plus VAT tax and postage. And of course, a quid or a pound, I want to say is a dollar 30, you know? Something uh, like that. Yeah. So it's like dollars <laughs> in a pound. Yeah, a dollar 30. Man, I follow the dollar well. A nice. dollar 31. And so um, there you go. You can buy hemp wigs. The next time that I'm arguing in front of uh, a panel of judges in London, First, I'm going to need pro hoc vice status or whatever else they have in London, London that's similar to that. Then I'm getting one of them wicks. You have to. I mean, that'd be like the, that's a rule of thumb. Law. <laughs> I wonder if they call each other counselor there, counselor. No, I, I, I think there's a whole decorum. You ever watch them? Like they're really angry and they really yell at each other. Like they advocate very zealously. Very down to name. Very calling. zealous advocacy over there. I tell you what. Well, you know, it's that you think like people are supposed to be grown ups and 
you they know, aren't. It's not how that works. Are you... No, they, they, people are supposed to be grown-ups. They wear a dress and a wig to go in front of a judge and tell the truth. If people were grown-ups, this crime would be about. illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if, if people really cared about other people with the intention to, like, to, to progress and for, yeah. you know, equality for all and we're all true and you know you're allowed to do what you want in liberty and all that crap but no there's always these no. people with power that want to oppress and suppress it's so crazy yeah it's just it's just terrible okay that's what i will do i'm just gonna get myself a perm wait until god takes care of the whiteness and then uh, i will be ready to be a barrister in england oh except for that whole i do not have a law to degree or license in the united kingdom uh but you know who also doesn't somebody in our trending news this week we had some pretty decent trending news let's uh let's see what's trending let's see here there's uh some good stuff oh and trending news Utah tech startup and Canadian tribe partner for $100 million for a carbon contest from Elon Musk. Let's talk all about it. Miggy, have you heard about Elon Musk's carbon contest? No, I did not. That's a blockchain startup from Utah and an indigenous-owned company in Alberta, Canada. Let me zoom in because this is the Hemp Industry Daily is reporting. Uh, and I'm going to accept all cookies on here. The proposal—oh, I'm not—I'm going to get canceled on that one. You almost got me, MJ Biz. The proposal from Hemp Blockchain Inc. and the FFES Environmental, a company owned by Sucker Creek—that sounds like a scam—First Nation in Canada. Uh, calls for the Canadians to grow hemp on First Nation lands with a Utah company measuring and verifying the crop's carbon footprint. The partnership hopes to plan and win the XPRIZE Carbon Removal Fund, a $100 million purse set by Musk. You know what I would like to see this to take it up a notch? Not Hmm. just the hemp farm to document and use science to see how much carbon is, is yanked out of the atmosphere and sequestered from the hemp. Then we need to make graphene batteries out of the biomass. And so now we've mm. taken hemp, we've taken carbon out of the environment and we've made batteries from non-rare earth metals so we don't have to have disgusting, disgusting mines and other crap that we use to waste uh, our money. But currently, grapha- graphene batteries do exist. You, we can go buy one right now. They charge about like, uh, I think it's like 80% or like 5x faster. So like, you know, mm. the, you can get 80% of a charge in like 10 minutes in a graphene battery, but they're, they're substantially more expensive. They're about three yeah. times more expensive right now but they last longer and they charge quicker and they're made out of hemp. Well, the same reason why they, they're they're more expensive is the same reason why uh, hemp clothing is more expensive than cotton clothing. You know, it's just, there's not enough. So, you know, the demand's well, there. Subsidies, subsidies as well. There's yeah, no federal, uh, the federal subsidies are lacking. Uh, the startup investment is lacking, but the substrate's there. I mean, it's not like you would, you could make them cheaper than cotton or just as cheap as cotton. Like, you, not, know? you know, besides the carbon footprint, the plant is so amazing and you're saying how it can go from this thing that helps your present moment with oxygen carbon but it's also at the same time doing soil remediation you know people forget that this thing is helping the soil as well there's a big issue right now soil um i didn't i learned about the other day watching the daily show um apparently you know that's a thing i didn't know like we're using so much soil and we're with the farming techniques we're using it's, it's gone away from uh the animals feces and stuff helping them to start mm-hmm. and you know like this whole cycle of life ecosystem that's right yeah exactly you know? 
we're just a whole bunch of flies on a rotting carcass. We're just always self-replicating and self-terminating. I mean, it's just we're just a hive of, of uh, humanity throughout the ages. But let's talk about what the winners of this prize get. By the way, if Elon Musk has the ability to pony up the 100 mil, I think he might have it. He might. Uh, the prize is designed to incentivize technology to remove carbon from the atmosphere. Winners must demonstrate they can A, remove at least 1,000 tons of carbon per year. B, model their costs at a scale of 1 million tons per year. And C, show a pathway to achieving a scale of gigatons per year in the future. Sucker Creek First Nation is a Cree First Nation band government of about 2,000 people located near Enilda, Alberta. And the Hemp Blockchain is a privately held company that provides blockchain verification for hemp growers and processors looking to buy or sell voluntary carbon credits. And we wish them the best. Of course. And I think by blockchain, I think they're using it. I hate the, how the terms are used, you know, like all that just solidifies is probably whatever batches are going across. With yeah, COAs. you wouldn't think that if you were buying my NFTs. Hey, if you bought my <laughs> NFTs, head on over to CannabisIndustryLawyer.com to find out that I'm not selling NFTs. But no, services related to operating and uh, obtaining cannabis licenses and then also just their operations. i tell you what, if you want an NFT, email me. You can PayPal me. You can, yeah, that's you, right. you can send funds to this email right here. 10 NFTs to 420. Wait, was it Miggy 420? At 420 binary. 420 binary at gmail.com. You send me uh, money and I will send the NFTs as you can. I'll draw you a fucking NFT. No yeah, one else will ever have that picture that I just drew at that moment when I get your money. Yeah, while you're at it, also, let's send us some nug shots because yes, while we do have another uh, show or another story that was trending, it's not a very good one. So I want to cheer us up with playing a little name that strain before we dive into this uh, kind of depressing trending story that was out there. Right on. That's the strain that we shall all be naming for today's broadcast that is Cannabis Legalization News. Hey, did you know we're also broadcasting on Facebook? That's right, facebook.com backslash free THC. Miggy, why don't you explain to the audience and those listening in their cars at home uh, what, what we're watching right now on the uh, on the screen? This is a solid bud. You know, this, this one, I would say hand trim because it's so close. Mm. But also, you know, it's it's a solid, like, just shades of like green not even like from a dark green but like light hues of like from a specks of neon to all the way to like a foresty type green to the top um, i would call this not necessarily this isn't an heirloom maybe an heirloom strain mm. it's not a land race that and so it's like one step removed from a land race i mean like this is a decent guess but it's not i mean like these, these are like you know it's acapulco gold i would call like an heirloom or just like you know, a classic, and then you're getting into like critical or big bud. Those are like you. We're going back to the '90s there with Aquapoco Gold. We're going back to the late '70s, maybe the '80s. Um, but in in that ballpark, you know, this, you know, before the '90s, I'd say this this strain was around because of the two parents that it has. One of which, Afghani. I would not be sad if uh, this is the other parent. Uh, well, it's a close one. Maui Hayes is the other parent. 
fucking weed nerds, man. Like I, you know, we love them. If you're a weed nerd and you're in the house, you need to click that uh, like button several times, and then also subscribe. Uh, It's not LA Kush. That is too new. Skunk NL5. See, that's more like what I would call like an heirloom or a classic type of strain. We should actually get somebody who is into seeds and then give us the rundown on it. You know, it's a very pretty nug, though. Yeah, it's a pretty nug. But now that we have something pretty to distract us, why don't we talk about the other thing that I saw that was trending in the news uh, this this week? It's not the best. It really isn't. And so it's kind of one of those things we maybe we've should have come to expect. Uh, let me get that beautiful nugget out of the way. But Delaware adult use marijuana legalization bill has failed in its house. Can you believe that, man? Unfortunately, yeah. I mean, but again... I don't know the Delaware politics as far as like who's in charge of body and you know I didn't I know there's some activists out there I just don't know the you know like in Arizona when uh, they lost by just not having enough percentage of the voters that first time I thought that was the craziest rule so in this so the members of the Democratic led body voted 23 to 14 in favor of the bill on Thursday but the measure required a three fifths majority vote. Ah, so see, the Republicans. Ah. Are, are we sure about that? Well, there we go. What is that little thing right there? No Republicans voted in favor of the bill, and four lawmakers, including two Democrats, abstained. Love the abstaining option. Like, you know what? I don't even have to have, have an option here. Let's fuck everybody. No, I'll just not have a... That's crazy that that's allowed. You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Because then they take just accept the votes that are given. I, I hate the process sometimes. It's just so the process. The process can really hurt. I mean, it's it's. And then I remember how stupid I was like ten years ago, twelve years ago now, like in two thousand and ten, thinking that it would be uh, legal tomorrow. No, <laughs> no. And so now that I'm you know substantially older. Uh, I don't think that it's going to be legal tomorrow. Uh, I don't think it's going to be legal in two years. I don't think it might be legal. It might be legal in six. But uh, after the first uh, year and a half and change of the Joe Biden administration doing bumblefuck nothing. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not so that. Yeah. But I also got to throw out those words of encouragement for like the people in Wyoming, Wisconsin or whatever. That, oh, uh, yeah. You know, we're further than we were. Like, like I remember a long time being on the road. I was doing a job in Montana. And uh, uh, supporting these guys in the back area, and uh, the guy was like, "Yeah, you know, I used to do normal and all this other stuff, but then I just stopped because it hasn't happened." That was like in the '80s he was doing it. But like, mm-hmm. I feel that. And then fucking four years later, both states legalized it: Washington and Colorado, one time, bam. And then since then, what? Whole countries like Canada have done it. So, you know, the process is it's moving forward at least. You know, you can't put yeah. this toothpaste back in the tube. But I am seeing a lot of good names that I would call like classic or heirloom strain names, the ones that your daddy used to smoke back in the 80s. And, uh, you know, good names there, like some Super Silver Haze, um, you know, nice ones. They aren't right. You know, Columbia Gold, Panama Red. Uh, let's just cut to the quick on it, I suppose. Do I have it up as a Leafly? We can go to the Leafly on it, but let me just go ahead and, and F Gooey. Af wow. Gooey. And so that is a, a nug shot of Af Gooey. Uh, let's see what uh, uh, Leafly has to say about it. Uh, let me just get that Af Gooey goodness out the way. Af Gooey. 
also known as Afgu and Afgangu, is a potent indica-dominant marijuana strain that is believed to descend from Afghani and Maui haze. This strain may provide some uplifting creativity in small doses, but generally is reported to be relaxing and sleeping. Growers hoping to cultivate Afgu have a better chance of success indoor, but the indica can also throw, thrive in Mediterranean climates outdoor. Nice. That's yep. a nice. That's a nice Afgui. <laughs> Hey, we didn't talk about Tyson. Oh my goodness, that's uh, that's a different bumper that we're gonna have to do. There's yeah. a news story going around that's some shit that I just do not believe. Is that our next story that's coming up? Because I don't have it queued for the share yet. I don't um, have anything. I didn't have. I just was like going through the Slack trying to pull shit. Ah, out ah, okay. Well, you're just going through the Slack doing that. Let me uh, get ready for this. Has been making the rounds. It came out blazing. You know, Iron Mike Tyson has got something that we should be talking about real quick. Uh, let's see here. Cannabis industry lawyer with shit I wasn't expecting. Mike Tyson has some very oddly shaped edibles that he is getting into the market with. Mike Tyson has a line of weed gummies that is going to be ear-shaped nearly 25 years after he was disqualified from the World Boxing Association for biting his opponent's ear. So funny. The most common joke is about Holyfield. Like, did he, is Holyfield getting a piece of this? <laughs> if I was Evander Holyfield, I would be filing a suit to take my uh, two cents or my pound of flesh because literally they are making money on Evander Holyfield's ears. It's Tyson 2.0 tweeted yesterday on Twitter. Holy ears, they're finally here. Go get your Mike Bites now, Mike is what bites. they say. Mike Bites. It has Tyson's approval. And this is what Tyson had a tweet about it. These ears actually taste good. Okay. Nobody <laughs> had me practice. How that was way too deep. Was way too deep. I need, uh, I need some, not some nitrous, some helium to help hey, out, out with that one. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> All right, uh, doing uh, the Mike Tyson tweet is going to be uh, Miggy. Let me just, Miggy, I want you to you know get yourself something to drink, and then go. I want you to read that tweet in the best Mike Tyson voice. These ears are actually good. See, hey, very impressive. Thank you very much for that, Miggy. Uh, they 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 match the 1997 match where Tyson was disqualified after biting off a piece of a Vander. The real deal, Holyfield's ear, but Tyson was eventually DQ'd and his boxing license was revoked after he bit Holyfield's other ear and he was fined $3 million. Man, I remember that fight. I remember, I remember when Tyson was fucking fired, dude, when I was a little kid. He was, I mean, he's still a machine that'll probably tear me up, you know, but. But, but it is it, the NBC News is reporting at the end of this uh, this this news story. That's not much of a story. Uh, it's unclear whether Holyfield will receive a bite of the profits from the gummies. I see what you did there, NBC News. You made a pun, <laughs> and you also made a reference to whether or not uh, the clearly the um, the creative basis for that candy is not getting paid, or at least like we don't know if it's getting paid because if, if he wouldn't have released that, but for biting Evander Holyfield's ear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good shit, man. Well, there's some other good shit that came out of Illinois and shit that I wasn't expecting news. Uh, I'm going to, you know, re-rack this because, you know, we can then just clip it again. You know, tell you what. I don't know these. Nope. Add a stream. Uh-huh. 
And then I'm going to remove him. He'll put me back in. And then there's this one. Oh, man. I am just fucking up StreamYard over here. Just fucking up StreamYard. Would you smoke it again? Add that to stream and remove you. I'm trying to remove you, dude. And then it's removed. Upped. Way too much of that right there. It's way too much of it. Oh, man. I uh, never use the Chicago Tribune again on this because it is just... Hey, it's Cannabis Industry Lawyer here with shit I wasn't expecting out of Illinois. They've done something really, really cool for the next round of dispensary licenses. They've evened the playing field and they've made it accessible to all social equity applicants. Bringing on Miggy to discuss this news story with me. Miggy, did you hear that news out of Illinois that struck on the Ides of March yesterday? No, so what's going on? They came out with their plans for the next 55 dispensary licenses. And the, the one that we should probably actually look at is the one from the uh, Illinois Department in and of itself, uh, the Department of IDFPR, which is the Illinois Department of Federal and Professional Regulation, put out a press release just yesterday on uh, the Ides of March, Pritzker administration proposes new simplified approach to cannabis dispensary applications. It looks like they are going to be putting an end to all the shenanigans that happened in the lottery last time and most nice. recently was happening to the lottery in Kittery, Maine. Uh, and here it is. And so, so you, under the new rules, well, go ahead, Miggy. I was going to say, so you mean that you guys are going to actually have transparency this time? I don't know about that. I'm just saying they have new rules. And so under the new proposed rules, applicants will be able to apply online with certain basic info, such as name, list of principal officers, contact info, and a $250 fee. They're going to issue 55 conditional licenses distributed across, once again, the 17 BLS regions. And here's where it gets interesting. Applicants cannot have more than one lottery entry across all 17 regions. During wow. the lottery process, principal officers cannot be included on more than one lottery uh, entry. Wow. Uh, there you go. And I mean, so least... it's, it's really rolling the dice. It, you know, it reminds yeah. me of Washington State's uh, dispensary lottery they did in, what, 16? Because they had yeah. two, right? Uh, well, yeah, but nothing social equity related. It was just uh, opening of license for, you know. But it was trying... fair in the sense that it was basic information, one ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you oh, didn't get to choose your location either. It was like, is it was going to happen? This is where you're going to... I believe... No, well... Shit. Part of the problem was that, that lease thing. So you had to have a piece of land somewhere sitting there showing that you had proof that you could be like, this is where I'm going to be doing business at, which was... And then, like, if you were unfortunate enough to have, like, a moratorium after your shit. But that seems like a pretty nice, fair way to go. I mean, compared to, like, last time you guys had... And, and, you know, I, we haven't even talked about New York. New York. New York. Yeah. New York is um, really, really interesting right now because they're, they came out with rules. And, and so, like, if you're into the New York scene, you know, go ahead and smash some likes. Don't forget to click subscribe. We're going to be doing more content. And I might even do a scripted content on uh, the New York's. Uh, most recent dispensary rules they gave. We've already made a checklist for our application process on it. It was more compre way more comprehensive than what they're doing for this most recent round of the Illinois uh, lottery. 
Yeah, well, they're, yeah, they're, they're doing that first, what, 100 applicants are going to be social equity, period, no questions mm-hmm. asked, this is what it is. So right. I think it's nice that they lay things out like that, but it, it's just, again, a bullshit way. To, you know, Mexico's nice, how they did theirs online. Uh, but I just, you know, if you're going to have this rating system, if you're going to say you're going to do things by a point system, you got to have transparency. you got to just show how you're in the points. And, you know, if you have 100 fuckers who have the same point score at the end because everybody maxed out and met the same criteria. Well, then you have the same hundred fuckers go in the ball and the little bingo ball lottery. Like that's what happens. It's not going to be, none of this is guaranteed, but it is when you have 25 balls in the bingo goddamn ball and everybody else has one that's fucked up. Yep. Yep. It is messed up, man, but they're trying to get rid of it, which is really, really cool. So I'm, I'm kind of stoked on that. Yeah, no, I think it's great, great making forward. So you guys are making forward momentum for the social equity because I know there's a big, you know, well, uh, fight there. There is, but then there's also uh, there's an update in the litigation in Illinois as well. And so the Illinois update to litigation is on May fourth, I think May fourth. I'd have to check because I saw it go through, and then I'm I'm working, so I see something come through on an email. I look at it for five seconds, and then I'm on to the next. Uh, and so. Um, their motion to dismiss up in some of the litigation that's up. So so I believe some of the dispensary litigation. So that'll be interesting uh, to see how that turns out because that dispensary litigation is just kind of sitting there clogging the system of the 185 dispensaries so they can be awarded. You know, if the consumers really cared and, 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 and like voice used their voice, especially in your state or even other states that have lawsuits, you know, they should eye out the eyeball these companies to be like, look, these fuckers are holding our whole market, you know, industry options, variety for their own personal greed, right? There's no other reason why these why why to sue. You're not suing to make the market better. You're suing it so you can get your part of the piece of the pie. So I hope consumers see who's been holding up the progress, see who's been an issue, but I don't think will. You know, the only time that we talk about cannabis community a lot, but a lot of times for the most part as americans people don't give an f people don't want to be involved with your your business they, they just want to go to the store get weed go home or whatever it is but i mean there is community out there but i just wish more people would bond and and let these big money fuckers know like you're you stimming progress overall you know you're stimming right. the market progress you're stimming the american legalization progress there's a lot of things that's been on hold because of all these lawsuits Yep, there is. There's a lot of things that's been on hold because of the lawsuits, but not just that. Also, the coronavirus. That thing, well, that thing was a, a global phenomenon for two years. It was just a cold, you pussies. I still think that's one of the reasons why Putin invaded. He just got sick of reading the news stories about the uh, the coronavirus. He's like, I have a better answer. But no, no, that guy sucks. I, I got Kevin Feeney. Not thrilled with him. No, it's not a good, not a good person. But I mean, what a days about that one, dude. We go on days about it, but you know what? There's a new thing that I want to start doing at Cannabis Legalization News, and I haven't prepared it as well as I should. It's my first one. It's my first day. Uh, And as a result of that, you know, why don't you make some banter and I'll try to see where I can find this forum and pull it up. Banter. Banter. Oh, you know what? Where you kind of like talk about stuff. You know, I'm thinking about making a video uh, uh, on teaching people how to read it. Teaching people how to read it. I don't know how to do that. Well, I'm just thinking, like, you know, a lot of people, like, the internet has a lot of, like, quirky uh, things and, and, you know, things like memes and rules. Like, mm-hmm. uh, 
popular misconception about when people go to Reddit and they type in marijuana enthusiast. That's mm -hmm. actually a subgroup for people who like trees. Because the group that likes marijuana is a group called trees. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's about who took over the name first, right? So whoever took over the name for trees first, you know, with the purpose of having a cannabis enthusiast group that started. And then the guy who was, like, I like trees. Let me just, oh, I can't do that. So he called it marijuana enthusiast. Marijuana enthusiast. You can't call it trees. Or you had to call it trees because you couldn't call it marijuana enthusiast. <laughs> so the guy who loves marijuana took the name right. trees for his group. And then the other guy who likes trees had to call it marijuana enthusiast because he couldn't call it trees. So like, um, and on tree, no, no, they, they censor them. No, not on Reddit. No, Reddit's good. Reddit's a good forum, I think. I've never really seen much censoring except for, I mean, they're censoring always like because each subreddit has a mod, right? You got your mods to take care of. And, and speaking of mods, yeah. we need to get ourselves some mods. Hey, uh, if you want to be a moderator of cannabis legalization news, uh, you know, let us know in the chat or drop us a comment. And while you're down there, you know, tell us what you think of us, but don't hold back, you know. I have thick skin. Miggy cries sometimes, you know. I do some a of the lot. Things. Yeah, he does. He tends to. In the corner of my room sometimes I rock myself to sleep. Sometimes you got to do it. Uh, so you got the new thing set up yet? I think I do. I kind of have it set up. And, you know, this one is more of a just a, a mutual. And it's not that, that difficult. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, go on over to this one. And we're going to go old school on it so that uh, we can talk a little bit about how to cannabis so hang on a second hey it's me cannabis industry lawyer uh here with another of our how to cannabis segment and today we're going to be talking with miggy about hey miggy what uh what types of contracts do you need in your cannabis business toward the beginning of it one of the first ones that you might enter into when you're on your entrepreneurial journey to becoming a licensed cannabis operator. Am I a grower or am I a store? It really doesn't matter, actually. You're you're probably just an entrepreneur who wants either side of the equation. So, see, here's, isn't this like the fundamental business 101? Wouldn't, like, the money be the first thing that I want to worry about, like... Yes, you'd want to worry about the money and then the sources. And mm -hmm. so very often, one of the first contracts that you may see when you're discussing business with uh, new people uh, would be like a non-disclosure agreement. And so like a non-disclosure agreement usually starts or a non-circumvention is then if whom you are talking to has knowledge and experience in the industry that may also be proprietary or at least confidential. Yeah, and, and those are the types of contracts that you very often see at the very front end where people are getting in and then they're turning to experts and consultants and industry advisors and people that, you know, walk around with briefcases chained to their hands in trench coats. And they don't say nothing. Right. Uh, you know, secretive proprietary shit. Well, so operations. Uh, pardon? Well, you know, you, you, the reason why you have NDAs, too, is to protect, like, the operations, the internal workings, you know, SOPs, right. you know, if you're, people want to know what the secret sauce is. How do I get this thing that people go to work so happy, you know, besides one, I mean, a lot of the stuff is already out there. A lot of the stuff is common knowledge, right? Pay your people good, treat them with respect. Um, have a know, decent culture. culture. Have a decent culture, you right. know, listen to them, you know, there's, get the feedback, you know, you want to 
have the best product, whatever that is, whether you're making the plant itself or or gummies, you know, you want to have the best product at the end. So there's a way to get there. You know, it's funny you brought this up too, because um, you I was I was thinking how like the other day, you once were like, uh, I don't know how to explain what you do, right? Like what what I do for a living, and mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of hard for me to do too for a while because I didn't. You went to school as a for a lawyer. You went to law. You understood law. You did business. You know, and then you became a business lawyer and 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 right. you know in turn and banking and all that stuff whereas i went this long long route of like military uh every uh certificate i could uh, learn and, and self-education type things and then and then get into the industry i'm in which is uh, technology but also it's it's quality control it's it's a you know it's it's gmp i've been in manufacturing for almost 15 years now like working in manufacturing itself is a whole thing and, and, and especially quality of manufacturing so many components and you know and then and those contracts in itself too are kind of like ndas when i walked into a facility i couldn't like be like oh i i saw all this at intel or i saw all this you may have actually been subject to ndas or other contractual provisions between those parties regarding confidentiality as they don't only have to apply in an nd or a non-disclosure agreement type of way now perhaps also there was like a non-circumvention or a non-compete integrated and that just means in contracts be built into that contract to allow for additional protections for those types of disclosures to allow those two companies to do business with one another and it's it's the non-compete non-disclose non-circumvent those are the well the non-compete one that's very often later that comes into an employment context the non-disclosure you're gonna many people haven't done many of the people that get into the industry are startups they are coming in from another industry and this is their first grow or their first dispensary and so that's therefore there's a lot of proprietary technologies a lot of proprietary and confidential information by operators in the cannabis space and so they may want protection uh, for their sops like you mentioned and that's one of the things that the the non-disclosures and the non-competes do they help define what is the confidential or the proprietary information they help to you know define who else and you may have been one of the agents of the person who actually signed as their employee and that might have been like a reasonable disclosure or included in the the receiving party's definition because you would have been an affiliate and that's the thing that these non-disclosures do they can define the parties they can define the information that's subject to the agreement they can also define liquidated damages for the unauthorized release of those and it's very often one of the first contracts that you see when parties begin to work with one another is that like how you get paid in case they don't get paid? Uh, it, it's how do you protect your confidential information in case they just signed the contract to get access to your information and never intended to keep their word. Interesting. Because I've seen that, you know, that that's just obviously IP theft. And then I've seen companies where like uh, GE uh, or GM rather, when I worked at Raytheon, before I worked at Raytheon, that sole company itself the missile division sold by many hands and at one point now it was gm that bought them gm bought raytheon or not raytheon but the missile division at one time just for tech just for the radar tech like you know when your car backs up and then sees a kid before it hits that kid that's from mm-hmm. fucking radar technology right so they bought it just for that one purpose then they sold it back like okay, we got we got what we need we don't need to we don't need to be involved in the defense systems you know it's an interesting yep. way how people get IP, though. It is. 
You know, speaking of IP, this uh, podcast and this this YouTube channel, the form of it is IP. We do have a copyright. Granted, we have uh, an agreement with uh, the provider that we are beaming this out. And you know, thank you for all joining us. I wanted to end the show with looking back two years later when we were told the to shelter in place. And I said, that's it. I'm not cutting my hair. Uh, uh, here I am. Two years ago, doing a scripted video, I really don't get to do these as much anymore. I, I've just been too busy, but now that we're we're working on getting the business uh, off the ground, I hope that I can start doing them again. But look at how short my hair was two freaking years ago. This was like when we were told to shelter in place. And now, you know, years later, two of them, because this was March 21st and it's the 16th, I, I look like this guy. Uh, I might go get that haircut again because, you know, it's... It's now time to get back to work and to do things. It's not just time to be sheltered in place. And, and that was one of the first videos that we did that was immediately marked 18 plus. This is the most recent video that we've done that was immediately marked 18 plus. They're all gonna be marked 18 plus. I give up, I give up. <laughs> all right, well, let's give a shout out to our members and wrap this one up. On Sunday, I think we're gonna be talking about what's going on in Michigan's cannabis program. Detroit's gonna be doing a whole bunch of new licenses. I believe John Makowicz will be joining us. Uh, so shout out to all the members. Thank you for all your support and we will see you when we see you. There's that. Well, that's another one of the books. I can't believe they find this one like immediately. That's just so silly. I mean, no change in the law. Lazy AI. Well, all computers are lazy. That's one of the reasons why they're so annoying because you have to do the very specific. Oh, crap. We're still alive. We're still alive. Don't forget to subscribe. 